0: I mean, and through life experience, that's what's brought me the current clarity that I have on my values.
1: Right. It's hard to know if you could have known back then, you know, that's what I mean by maybe you could have been open to it, Mm. but I don't think you could have actually heard it the way you understand it now. Right. Um, I mean, when I was a 20 year old, I was a moron. I mean, at that point. So I was my, <laughs> well, you're my, not
0: fully grown up yet. Like not. society tells us, yeah, you're 18, you're 21, whatever. Those are milestones,
1: but they're, they're not actual development milestones. Yeah, you're kind of, at least I was in like a la-la land state. <laughs> Recording from my studio here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm a born and raised New Yorker, now living in the South. Welcome to Confessions of a Financial Advisor, the antidote to conventional financial independence wisdom. My name is Al. I've been a financial advisor for over 20 years. I've worked with thousands of clients in all areas of the country and from all walks of life. Through the relationships I had with these people, I've discovered the mindsets and behaviors that are most effective in a person's financial life, plus the pitfalls and all the BS to watch out for. The financial independence community today has completely lost its way, and I felt it was time to call out the FI gurus, podcasters, and self-proclaimed pundits. This podcast is not about the numbers. That's what all the other financial podcasts talk about. We will focus on the emotional and psychological components that drive our behavior. I am not looking for new clients, and I'm not interested in running for any kind of office. I'm going to tell you like it is from an insider's perspective and pull back the curtain on the financial industry. Now, let's get into Confessions of a Financial Advisor. Episode 11 What I would tell my 20 year old self. Hi, Diane. Hi, Al. My partner in crime is here with me to talk about. Our conversations with our 20-year-old selves.
0: Yeah, they're fascinating.
1: Yeah, and you've written about this in your own life.
0: I have, yeah.
1: And I've thought about it. I've never actually written about it. Well, I wrote it for this post, but I haven't had like many years of writing letters to myself and that kind of thing.
0: I've had four, yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And we just talked, of course, before the episode, talking about we have two different stories that we've told ourselves or two different conversations with our 20-year-old selves. So mine was a lot different than yours.
0: Yeah, which I I find the difference is fascinating too, Um, which I see so much validity in what you would tell your younger self. And it's just interesting what I would choose to tell my younger self. It's different.
1: It it made me realize the first one, which is don't worry as much. Like Mm -hmm. that's been like just a reoccurring theme just of That's what I, ongoing, what I think to myself all the time, like from when you're 23 and you started working until now, if you could have erased all of the worrying that you did in those years, Mm -hmm. would you have ended up at the same place or probably ended up at a a better place? Possibly. Better health, better mental health. Yeah. um, You know, more calm. But you think that, so it's all well and good to have that thought. But as we know, we're wired to worry. Mm Mm-hmm. As human beings, you can't not worry. It's a
0: survival instinct, yes. But it's when it's taken to an extreme that it becomes harmful.
1: So then it's just a matter of scale then. So we know mm-hmm. we're going to worry. So then that's what leads us into stop beating yourself up about worrying. Because <laughs> right. what we worry, and then we're like, why am I worrying so much? I'm
0: such an idiot. Such an, yeah, it's
1: like... so weak. You're just worrying yes. all the time. What good is it? Yeah. Why
0: am I getting caught up in this again? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So maybe it's, all right, I know I'm going to worry, but maybe stop beating myself up for worrying so much.
0: Yeah. Well, because it's unrealistic to expect to never experience a worrying thought or unfounded fear or anxiety strictly within our own mind. That's not realistic to think that you're going to get to a place of never having that feeling.
1: And it's a self-preservation mechanism that, you know, from evolution that you're going to worry. You're You're scanning the horizon for danger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And although we, we're sitting in a cozy office or desk with you know your water and coffee and whatever, and we're mm-hmm. comfy, yeah. it's still wired that way. So it's you know even if we were like running around the bush and mm-hmm. you're scanning for wild animals or you know predators, for predators, yeah, you're still wired for that. So you're doing it in a different way. So you do it with oh my god, I don't have enough money, or I'm driving and I'm
0: oh driving's a big one. Yeah, where we live. It's raining currently. People lose their minds when water falls from the sky in Charlotte. I'm like, get me off the road! I cannot handle other drivers right now. It's Giant
1: crazy. accidents. There was there was a couple of big accidents today. That
0: there were. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: People can't drive in the rain. We're in the South.
0: People can barely drive when it's sunny.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no cell phone laws here in North Carolina, so that doesn't help the all. situation. <laughs> yeah, it's the Wild West. They might as well just have like gunslinging. Yeah.
0: Well, but it's like there's a, I don't know if you ever in high school took like a defensive driving class. I had gotten some speeding tickets and that's how I ended up sitting in one. And it talks about there's a, a preventative and, and helpful perspective to be a defensive driver, to be very aware of what other people are doing and um, mm. to not be reactive.
1: Yeah. To not cross four lanes to, so you can get to the,
0: to the off ramp. Yeah. <laughs> you're about to pass. <laughs> <laughs> i have had people yeah. do that to me oh my god i want to strangle them yeah, yeah. god well, forbid you
1: missed the freaking exit yeah Why don't you just kill everybody so you don't miss the exit <laughs> yeah. yeah well you're amped up when you're driving right so you're like in this freaking metal box flying oh. down the road mm-hmm. and there you go you're not really worrying as you're driving but uh, aware you're aware mm-hmm. but maybe if it's at nighttime and it's raining you worry I guess worry is more like the after effect of fear, right? So it's like,
0: mm.
1: you know, it'd be good to define what worry is. It seems to be like... It's something all mental. That re- it's
0: completely it's- internal and mental.
1: And usually it's a repetitive thing, right? So worrying almost insinuates that you're doing it over and over again.
0: Repetitive or escalating, I would say.
1: Okay. Yeah, I like that. Although it feels like, ah, oh, if I could just not worry, it feels so much better not to worry. It serves its purpose. It's protecting you. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it prevents you from just walking out into a crowded street and you know, oh, what's that thing flying down the road? I'm not worried. <laughs> I need to be worried about that thing approaching me. It's uh-huh. yeah, I think it's a survival mechanism. Well,
0: and the times when I'm out running, not that I've been running recently, but running yeah, like out. I'm very aware. And I have had cars almost hit me, so I just yeah. very much take the approach of that they're not going to see me, so it's on me to go behind cars as opposed to actually running in front of a car that's turning onto the street. Because I run on the streets. I don't
1: use traffic. And you run with your back to traffic, right? Like you're not running toward... No,
0: I run facing oncoming traffic.
1: You do. See, that's just... Hmm, because then you could dive out of the way. Because I feel
0: like then I can see them. <laughs>
1: like, I know, but they do the opposite though with bikes and running. They Usually they tell you to run with traffic.
0: Yeah, I'm just more comfortable I, I, running toward oncoming traffic.
1: Like that's I'm in a total worried state when I run with traffic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you you can't see behind you.
1: Yeah. You can't see behind you. And so we just did this the other day. We, we were down this main road. We were like running down it Mm -hmm. and we're literally running down this road. There's a good shoulder. So we're like on the edge of the shoulder Uh and there must've been like at least a handful of cars that swerved over the line Yeah. and that caught themselves. Not that they were going to like literally mow us down, but like, pretty close. I mean, mm-hmm. like could have clipped us easily. Mm-hmm. Not paying attention. There's nothing.
0: Totally not paying attention. And that's Forever just the enough. approach I take. I just assume they're not paying attention.
1: Yeah. Well, you're assuming right, because that's exactly what's happening.
0: Well, because even when I'm the driver, I'll admit, I don't look. Like if I, I'm turning right, I'm looking left. I'm not yes. looking at somebody running on the right approaching me. Yeah. So I've been on both sides. So I will admit as a driver.
1: Yeah. Agreed. It's the reason why I stopped biking. I used to bike all the time Mm. and I almost got hit a few times and I actually had somebody pull up in a pickup truck and like throw a crumpled up McDonald's bag at me out the window. Yeah. Riding my bike. On the shoulder, like just didn't like bikers, I guess. Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm done biking. I'm like, I'm just way too vulnerable out here. (laughs) My little (laughs) two-wheel. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, worry. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to like take this into another direction with like what you tell people. Like when you tell somebody, is it effective to tell somebody to stop worrying or there's Mm -hmm. nothing to worry about? Mm -hmm. Oh, stop worrying. No, don't worry about that. You're fine. Don't worry about that. That was one of the things I wanted to tell my 20-year-old self because I think I heard that all growing up. Yeah. And then I would do that if somebody else would come to me and confide in me about what they're worrying about. hmm And then realize later in life that it's not a good approach and it's not helping that person. If well, anything, it, it's infuriating them.
0: It also can be a form of unsolicited advice, which we've talked about.
1: The pest and the guests.
0: Yes. I love that <laughs> analogy. <laughs>
1: So the difference between a pest and a guest is an invitation. An
0: invitation. I right. love that. Yes. Because I'm yeah. so selective on who I would invite into my home space. Yes. Like I'm just very discerning. Like if you get an invitation to come to my house, that says a lot yeah. about how I feel about you because not everyone gets one. It's just the way it's always been, especially since I've been single.
1: Right. But people invite themselves in. People
0: invite themselves, which is a total, uh, like, do not. No, you will never get an invitation. <laughs> like, don't invite yourself. Over.
1: One surefire way not to get an invitation nah. is to invite yourself to in. Invite yourself. <laughs> yeah. So the, like, so when you tell somebody there's nothing to worry about, it's basically saying that I hear what you're saying. You're going through like you're suffering in some form by mm-hmm. worrying about this, but don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't do that anymore. I'm like, Wait a Stop. second. I am doing it. I'm confiding in you, telling you that I'm worrying. Mm-hmm. And we do quote Brene Brown a lot. And I know I heard it from her, but I don't know where I think it was, it was on the internet. It was just some TED talk or some speech she mm-hmm. was giving. And she was talking about, I think it was her daughter. Like when your daughter comes home from school and, you know, she had a couple kids picking on her and the kid comes home and tells the parent, you know, listen, you know, my friends are picking on me. I'm feeling like really terrible about this. Yeah, I had a and really parent, bad day. Really bad day. I'm just feeling awful. And the parents like, ah, don't worry about them. You know, in 20 years, you're not even gonna think about them.
0: Yeah.
1: And on the surface, like a lot of parents probably out there like hear that and say, Yeah, I'd probably maybe I'd say that. Like it doesn't sound terrible. Like it doesn't sound like you're really you're trying to like prevent your kid from suffering. Like the point of yeah. you're not maliciously trying to make your kid feel bad. But when you think about it, you're negating their feelings. Yep. And you're just saying don't feel that don't do that. You know, like just don't worry about it
0: in a very dismissive manner.
1: And then she goes on to say that like a better approach would be like, yeah, honey, like I know how you feel like I, that's tough. That really sucks that you're going through that. That's a really hard thing. It seems like it, Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Like just that alone. Like it has such a different feel to it. Like when you tell somebody that like, Oh man, simply
0: witnessing and acknowledging. Yeah. Without Trying to fix or give advice. Yes. Or problem solve when people aren't really looking for problem solving or advice.
1: Yeah. It's like that whole idea, you know, people just want to be heard and seen and, and, seen and try to be understood. And
0: and it's not easy to hold that space. It's not. And not everyone's naturally good at it. Um, I am exceptional at it. Like I literally, you and I talk about, it, I go around Charlotte. It doesn't matter where I am, what store I'm at. It happened this morning at a cell phone. So if people just tell me stuff like
1: yeah you're a born therapist very
0: personal (laughs) like very personal experiences yes oh i i've heard stories of all kinds of abuse and trauma um like people just talk to me and it's fascinating i think i i do naturally hold that space pretty comfortably for people because people just want to talk they just want to share they just want to be seen and witnessed.
1: Without you interrupting and talking and yeah. talking over them and giving advice and
0: or invalidating
1: preaching what they've
0: been through, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, even worse, right? Or
0: dismissing it as invalid. Well, that happened. That sounds like a lot. That that just really sounds like a lot.
1: We have this in a different posts, but it's just bringing it up in my mind's. Um, I was talking about money and how it's almost taboo to talk about money.
0: Oh yeah. And
1: people don't want to tell each other what kind of money they have or like, you know, you ever ask somebody like how much income they're making, ask them how much they have in an account as a financial advisor. You have to do that. You know, it's your job to do that, (laughs) but it's still not easy because you're still two people talking about money. So my way of doing it is usually saying, listen, it's not because I'm nosy. Mm -hmm. I just need to know this to help you. You know, there's no way of me helping you unless I know all of this information. Yeah, that kind of is like the, and then once you open up Pandora's box and they oh start oh my god,
0: it, yes,
1: talking like divorce, your kids are drug addicts, <laughs> like my ba- the bowel movement I had this morning, and like uh, like you know
0: childhood sexual abuse. I could write books about the stories I have witnessed with people, oh. like the things people tell me. Yeah, it's oh. like once you open once you extend that invitation. I mean
1: I've, I believe me, you would you wouldn't even believe erectile dysfunction. Like it gets into <laughs> like uh, I hear everything. I'm like, whoa. Hold on, like, I just
0: needed your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what are you doing? How
1: about you just fax me the statements? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But you but you pointed it out that like once you open up the one taboo thing to talk about and then they're like they let their guard down, they're well, like, Oh, I can tell you everything. You're a you know? safe
0: space. <laughs> <laughs> that's holding like, the space. I guess. Even that's in the space. even in real estate, in that aspect of my life, like you're dealing with people's homes. It's where they live. Mm-hmm. It gets personal. Super there, personal. at least with me, it, yeah and my clients, like we go personal and we go deep very, very quickly. I mean looking at people's master bedroom furniture placement, I mean, that's an interesting conversation to have. Like, It right. gets intimate very, very quickly.
1: Pictures on the walls of all the kids, the family, like every yep. heirloom. Yeah. So when you start talking about like those kinds of, <laughs> yeah, that's when people like literally like, they just want to be heard. And when you're listening, they'll tell you. Oh,
0: they'll keep <laughs> talking. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You've just opened the floodgates. Which was um,
0: helpful. I mean, when in my conversation this morning, like, I was waiting for some data to download from one device to another. And I mean, it was just like, okay, it's going however slowly it's going. So, I might as well talk to you. Like, Octavia was lovely. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think, honestly, that's my number one. But no- the number one thing I'd want to tell my 20 year old self would be people just want to be heard and loved. Yeah. If I could like get that into my 20 year old self, and just realize that works for business, that works for personal relationships, it works for all relationships. that works for all relationships across it's the board. Across the board. Really? I mean, if you do that and you're going to have so many relationships in your life that are collaborative, that are nurturing, that-
0: Creative. Creative. And you are, yours and my relationship is a great example of that. because yes. And it's been that way from the beginning, like mm-hmm. just effortless and- yeah. Who knew you and I had so much? I mean, our paths could have crossed anytime in the last forty years. I Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love pulling back the curtain with these podcast episodes because these are the conversations you and I have been having from the beginning. Yeah. Why yeah. not make them public? Because we're talking about things that a lot of people can relate to. I think so. And that are not talked about in like mainstream finance related places
1: and i think when i talk to someone like yourself and we both relate to these things and i talk to other friends and they relate to i'm like Mm -hmm. many people have to relate to there's something
0: here that is a little more a lot more universal than it would seem
1: yeah and it's always like when you see the flip side of it you see the person that doesn't listen is always giving advice is always just the the, (laughs) know-it-all that yeah unsolicited on
0: everything and here's what you need to do and yes I don't get along well with
1: those personality types. No, I honestly, like I take the phone away from my ear a lot of times. I literally do it almost as like a, a gesture of like, I cannot listen to this. And yeah, unsolicited advice is just, it's the worst. For me, I don't know why I get so mad about it. Like, I honestly get like infuriated when somebody is just starts preaching about, especially when I didn't ask the question. Like I didn't even ask you the question. I'm not asking right. for your advice. And mm-hmm. it's just, you're just,
0: you're just offering it.
1: Yeah. And expecting
0: me to what? Take it?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very uncomfortable. Yes. That would yeah. be the main thing. So, the, yeah. I don't know if my 20-year-old self would listen. And See, we and were that's talk- an
0: interesting conversation because we've talked about that. Yeah. I'd I think- like to think <laughs> mine would be at least a little bit open to considering.
1: Hmm. Like enough to maybe just change the trajectory a little bit so that. that Well, what we were uh,
0: talking about earlier was like, you know, it took me a certain until I was 36. So I just don't want to look like this anymore. Like this is not working for me. You know, so if I had maybe 10, 15 years prior to that, if I'd been willing to consider advice from my older self, maybe I would have reached that point of no return more quickly than I did. Maybe. Maybe.
1: Maybe, right? Who knows? But. that thing they call the is it called the butterfly effect it Where is. that yes. you know the wings of a butterfly if they flap in one direction or change one thing that it mm-hmm. could like cause like a tsunami on the other side of the world or something mm-hmm. or.
0: there's a book about that but
1: yes but it's kind of like that idea that you know when you hear about people that have like these big causes like you know don't kill whales or like mm-hmm. and like that and they get into like that you know my cause is better than your cause and okay. And then if you like analyze it, like maybe by not killing those whales, maybe you're like decimating another population of something else. Or mm. you're not seeing the negative effects of, yeah. you know, you're only seeing the positive of what you're trying to do. But do you really know the,
0: the comprehensive view?
1: Yeah. Or just the, the scale and like the expanse of mm-hmm. what it's affecting. Because maybe it's not all positive.
0: Mm.
1: That gets into something else. That's, yeah.
0: We can go. We can a go. A myriad of different directions. Yeah, because what I would tell my, if I could talk to my 20-year-old self, she had not met the ex-husband at that point. Mm -hmm. um, And I would tell her to get very clear on her values. Because I know from me looking back, that one consideration would have been a tremendous benefit if I had had clarity on what I valued.
1: Did you have values back then, just weren't aware of them? I never
0: considered, what do I value? Mm. You know, integrity, connection, humor. I Honesty. realized, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> very
0: clear why I'm no longer married to the person I was married to. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And those are, those are for me, non-negotiable.
1: Mm. Yeah. Living by your values, not living by impulse.
0: Or by, uh, I guess this is good enough. Like, I guess you're here. Well, I guess I'm supposed to get married now. Like not considering like deeper levels of compatibility. And so, I mean, and through life experience, that's what's brought me the current clarity that I have on my values.
1: Right. It's hard to know if you could have known back then, yeah. you know, that's what I mean by maybe you could have been open to it, mm. but I don't think you could have actually heard it the way you understand that now. Right. Um, not, I mean, when I was a 20 year old, I was a moron. I mean, at that point, so I was like <laughs> well, you're not
0: fully grown up yet. Like society tells us, yeah, you're 18, you're 21, whatever. Those are milestones, but they're they're not actual development milestones.
1: Yeah, you're kind of. At least I was in like a la la land state. I was in college mm-hmm. with no responsibilities. Mm-hmm. My main responsibility was to go out to the bars and just have fun, and just my social life was more important than anything else Mm -hmm. school was secondary this is my personal experience and it was just like this yeah this kind of fantasy world of like you know I did actually work I worked I was you know I worked at the bars so I made money but working at the bars was like a social activity so yeah I didn't look at it as work so I don't know I don't know if I I like the idea of mentoring my 20 year old self i wish i would have been able to spend like a considerable amount of time i don't think one conversation would have been- i need to be like a, a, <laughs> an really, ongoing
0: like, discussion like hey yeah consider this like have you right. thought about it this way yeah
1: yeah there's a book by dan millman called the way of the peaceful warrior
0: oh, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of
1: that one. you haven't heard that one way of the mm-hmm. peaceful warrior really good I got to reread the book, but it's about him basically educating a younger person and just all the lessons learned and
0: sharing the uh, wisdom,
1: sharing the wisdom. Yeah. Well, at twenty, I I had my parents, like that's all I really,
0: that was a reference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what, so my first book is very much a love, I call it a love letter to my younger self. And it's not that I'm talking directly to her, but, it's in the event that it benefits anyone who is currently experiencing some of the things that I went through. Like, yeah. cause I've benefited from other writers stories of their own life experiences.
1: Mm-hmm. I wonder, do you think that's a good exercise? Like to write a letter to your younger self? I don't, I don't think it could hurt. You
0: know, I'm a fan cause I've got whole <laughs> drafts of them. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: uh, yeah. I've written a lot of letters that have never been sent. Then we'll never get some.
1: Yeah but okay. it's
0: therapeutic and healing for me. It's not about my younger self. It's about it's me.
1: Getting it out of your moment, head.
0: Getting it out of my head. Yeah. And there was a point while I was divorcing, I was very angry. And anger is even a mild word for it. And writing it out helped.
1: Mm. So I otherwise,
0: just ruminating about it was only hurting me. Like getting it out was really helpful.
1: Yeah. What do you do when... So this is kind of like a journaling type, mem, not memoir, but like... a. Uh, yeah, almost like a, like a journal slash, um, like a therapeutic exercise to like yeah. get your thoughts down on paper. And then once they're out, do you read them or do you just like they're Sometimes just out? I'll
0: reflect on them. So okay. my most personal journal is the one in my bedroom, and that's where I'll write. I have journals of all kinds and varieties for different purposes, but that one is where. I'll write often in the morning times, whether it's dreams that I've had that were weird or odd or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, or just things that I'm contemplating and considering. And so those are interesting once time has passed to go back and review and look at things I've previously written. And there was a point, it's a journal I've since burned. Um, it, it was a very dark time during my divorce and the reading that, from the perspective of a year or two later, it was really interesting because I could even see how my words were different. Mm. Like I could see how much I had changed even in my handwriting or the words I was using.
1: So that was fascinating. You're, you are the same person, but you are a different I'm different, a different
0: person. version. Yeah. It's but like it's when still you get a new you. phone, it's, it's an upgrade. It's still the essence of me.
1: Yeah. Well, yes. it's like the SIM cards transferred, you know? It's like <laughs> you still have the SIM card in there.
0: Which is a little creepy to watch, as I did earlier today. I'm like, all right, <laughs> you just touched the phones and now they're communicating. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Magic. Oh, all my pictures, yeah. and. <laughs> yeah. And one last thing for the 20 year old self. Well, maybe a couple of things from a financial perspective. Put money in your 401k, will you? Put yeah. money in your 401k. Start if now. You just do that when you're 22. I mean, I didn't start mine until I was like 28. Mm-hmm. And I know that's even young for a lot Which of people. Which is, young. But, yeah. but yeah. I'm in the financial, I was in finance and didn't do it. And those five years, I mean, just run financial calculators. If you get to a financial calculator, just run a calculator, of 25 or 22 to 65, mm-hmm. 8% return. Mm-hmm. And you'll essentially be a millionaire, you know, just by putting a couple hundred bucks a month away. Just And you wouldn't even feel it. Like You literally wouldn't even feel it. If you just made that one kind of decision to just put I a little bit of money away, it's hard for kids to think about that at that age. Um, well, because but it's they're so not important.
0: educated about finance in the school system. The yeah. education system is broken in this country. They're not educated about it.
1: They're not. Yeah. And it's, a, it's such a simple little thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. And it goes to back to the things that you don't do can hurt you. you know, like, yes. It's not only the things that you do, it's the things that you don't do.
0: Well, it's like that book, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've tried to get
0: some resistant people to read it. I'm like, it's just so simple, but it's simple to do, but it's very simple to not do it as well.
1: Well, because things don't always work in a linear way. It's mm-hmm. They compound, they exponentially mm-hmm. grow. Mm-hmm. That's what compound interest is all about. It's like people yeah. don't get it because like, you show them a number and like, that doesn't really make sense. How can you put $200 a month away and then be a millionaire? Yeah. I'm like, well, just it's math. Just look at the math. As a as a snowball gets bigger, it mm-hmm. accumulates more snow. More. Like a little snowball is accumulating a little bit of snow. A big mm-hmm. snowball is accumulating a lot of snow. It's the same thing with money. So I definitely tell my 20-year-old self, <laughs> put some m- now. Just put a little <laughs> bit of money away. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna hurt you. Well, yeah, so that sums up our 20-year-old self. Okay, so next week we're gonna talk financial independence one oh one ends the race to financial independence the race to fi and these two posts were actually featured on a podcast called optimal finance daily and it's a podcast i've been listening to for many years it basically reads from all different financial blogs and it's really good they got a lot of good content and i was really happy that they picked us up and are now reading our stuff and they have a new one that just came out on the four percent rule so yeah, so that's going to be our next podcast. Financial Independence 101, Race to FI. Please come follow us at FAConfessions.com. Share with your friends and comment and like and like, rate. subscribe. And subscribe. I can't say the word subscribe without you and first saying it. I mean, it's been 10 podcasts now. Okay, well, it's been great talking to you, Diane. Great
0: talking and, with you,
1: uh, We'll see you next week. Enjoy your week, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. See you next
0: time.